Hello and welcome to our 12th episode in our 10 commandment series, which is actually focusing on the 10th and final commandment. Guys, we made it! I am so excited. I am really, really excited. I won't lie, there was a point where I didn't think that, um, like, I'd be able to finish it because I kept getting the lessons and information like out of order and i was worried that if i also sent them out of order it would kind of not make sense in the end um but you know over the past two months god is so gracious man and he's so good because over the past two months like you know that thing where you bump into verses in random places and the verses that i kept bumping into um revolved around this concept of him starting something and completing it and um i think it was also in hebrews yes um the one in hebrews um 10 verses 23 it says hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering because he is faithful who promised and it was kind of just like verses that emphasized how faithful god is and um and so I definitely believe that he is the one, you know, making sure that this work comes into fruition and it is completed. Because if I was doing it on my own strength, I think I would have given up a long time ago. But honestly, I I really thank I, I thank God so much. Um, let us bow our heads as we invite the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, you are gracious and you are holy and you are mighty. We we come to you in submission, Father, of our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and our spirits. Not that we own these things, but as stewards of these vessels, we give them up to you once more. We acknowledge your superiority and your reign and your rule over them. We pray that there may not even be a single decision that we make without consulting you and we pray that these hearts that are so wicked and so deceitful may be filled with your holy spirit father in your mighty name we pray amen oh i am so happy to be you don't know guys you don't know it's actually done and i mean it's the last commandment but certainly not the least um, so we're going to talk about basically the taproot of the condition that causes one to break all these commandments. This is the 10th commandment. And um, this focuses on a word that isn't really understood. 10th commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox or his ass or anything that is your neighbor's. This is found in Exodus 20 verses 17. Deuteronomy 5 verses 21 says, Don't desire your neighbor's wife, neither shall you covet your neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, maidservant, and, you know, um, ox. So we see here that coveting and desiring are on the same playing field, right? 
desiring. And so for those of you who aren't really familiar with um, Kosa slang, because I am in South Africa, um, the title is called Sabawel, right? Um, these are letters used to describe um, a craving. This is slang for craving or desiring um, something, right? So you'll find people saying, oh, Sabawel takeaways, you know, Sabawel a new handbag, you know, whatever that person is craving or desiring. And so for our non-Kosa speaking people, listeners, um, that's where the title comes from. Basically, it's linking the craving to desiring. And so, yeah, the Bible is telling us here that we are not to desire our neighbor's house. We're not to desire his wife or his spouse or even his servant or anything that belongs to him. So basically, when we idolize these things, right, when we idolize the things that we want, this creates a heart condition that breaks the Ten Commandments, right? Mark 7 verses 21 to 23 says, From within, out of the heart, proceed evil thoughts, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness, all these, e- all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Okay, so we basically understand that this is indeed a heart condition. In fact, this is the square root of all breaking every commandment is coveting, right? Think about it. And the first, the first commandment, you shall not have any other gods before me. When you covet something that thing becomes your deity right the second commandment tells us not to bow down to anything you know whether created by hand when you're coveting something you are bowing down to it right i mean fast forward to the sixth commandment there are people who will kill people to get what they own how many times do we see on the news that um, family members are plotting each other's deaths just to get insurance or spouses, you know, um, murdering each other just to get insurance or mo- like money for, you know, all these funny things. That's coveting. Seventh commandment, people taking each other's spouses, you know, that's, that's coveting. You're coveting another person's spouse. It's not yours. Stealing, you're stealing what they have. You know, and the ninth one, you t- um, you can tarnish another person's reputation because you covet the kind of attention that they get from other people. And that happens. That's intangible. The word tells us that where your treasure is, is where your heart is going to be. So please look at yourself and ask yourself where your treasure is. What are the things that you desire? What are the things that you covet? I love how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 31. He says, Covet earnestly the best gifts, yet I will show you a more excellent way. 
he says we should covet prophesying right and and speaking the word of god you know i think it speaks to the fact that we we're not really in a mindset or a world where we're desiring the things of god a lot of us are desiring um happily ever after some of us are desiring desiring or coveting bigger houses we want better cars we want we want a lot of things right the list is endless but how many of us actually desire or covet being in the presence of god how many of us actually desire like actually want that for ourselves so deeply you know um and i mean just think about the the opposite right on the spectrum that a person will desire someone else's item so much so that they actively go out to steal it right do we actively go out to spend time with the lord because we 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 desire his presence that much food for thought And this is really important because we need to identify our thoughts and where they lead to. And I'm not saying don't appreciate like other people's things or, you know, <laughs> don't compliment people on what they have or how they look or whatever. But I'm just saying that you need to be careful to not give room for jealousy in your heart and in your life, you know, um, you know your heart and as much as it's between you and god you know the exact moment when jealousy starts to creep in when the compliment you're giving is no longer a compliment when you're complimenting someone but inside your heart you are comparing yourself to them you are giving room to coveting beware beware and to combat this we really need to place god in the throne of our lives because if you're asking yourself what is valuable and god is the only person who only person who is valuable to you then no one can take that away from you right and the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and when you're in a state of not wanting even when you're in a state where other people have a whole what seems like a better life than you right they have better cars they have a better career they have a better spouse they have a better everything um because you're in that psalms 23 position the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you become in a state where you're content with what he has already given you. We actually spoke about this a little bit in um, the eighth commandment. This is when, this is the episode called Pass It On. When you're coveting, you're not being grateful for what God has given you. You're just being jealous about what other people have, you know. And so how do you get to a position where in your heart and in your mind, even when other people have things that you're just like, you know what? It's okay. Even though your life is a mess and it's not okay, you know, but because you have God, it's like, you know what? It's fine. Then you become in a position where people can even leave like 
let's say 5,000 brands in front of you and you wouldn't even steal it because you're like, you know what, the Lord provides for me. I don't need to steal. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're in an environment where you're with another person's spouse, nothing is going to happen because you're in a position where it's like, the Lord provides for me. I don't need to do this. You catch my drift? Let the Lord be your shepherd so that you don't want other people's things. Okay? Hey guys, sorry, I'm editing and I realized that I didn't actually mention this verse that was in my notes. Um, Philippians 4 verses 11 to 13. Um, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. For I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him or through Christ who gives me strength. I know this verse is always interpreted to be like, oh, you can accomplish anything because Christ is going to give you strength. But Paul was speaking to a very specific situation here. Um... The situation of being able to be content in any season that you're in. Be it in a season of plenty or a season of lack. And um, this is another thing that you notice with this commandment. Coveting and contentment cannot exist in the same heart. Okay? In fact, wherever they're talking about coveting it means there is a lack of contentment and wherever they're talking about contentment there is a lack of coveting and so ask yourself which part are you feeding into are you allowing yourself to look at your situation and be content with the very little that you have because remember if we don't practice to be content with little then we'll never be content even when we have plenty Anyways, back to the original recording. This thing of idolizing the things that we want for ourselves or even the things that other people have, it creates a problem, right? Where this replaces what God wants for us with what we want for ourselves, right? And I'm sure we can all agree. I mean, if you've listened to this whole season we agree that whatever god wants for us is oh infinity times better than whatever we could ever want for ourselves and so these are things we really need to like weigh within ourselves these are conversations that you need to have with god am i making decisions over my life am i reigning in my life or are you reigning lord if you find yourself ever getting jealous for coveting those are things you need to pr um, pray against those are hindrances in your relationship with god if you find yourself being jealous when good things are happening to other people you really really need to watch your heart ask yourself are you seeking the kingdom of heaven or are you chasing vanity 
Because at the end of the day, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What does it profit me to have all these things that other people have but lose my relationship with God? And you know, it's when we are most thankful and grateful for the little that we do have that we begin to see and appreciate the much and the surplus that God is. James chapter 1 verses 14 to 15 emphasizes that every sin starts in the heart. And I mean, I can go on about why this is a heart condition, but we have looked at it and we have looked at what the heart actually means. And um, check out the book of James. It's actually very interesting because he makes a distinction in James chapter 4 that there is a difference between admiring and desiring for yourself. James chapter 4 verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have and so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want and so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Ooh, this is a loaded, loaded passage. And this is why I encourage you to actually read the book of James. It goes on about this in depth. It even speaks to the things that God actually gives us, the gifts that he gives us. And I hope you guys are seeing that this commandment is dealing with something that people cannot see. This is an internal battle, right? You are the one who knows yourself. And so search yourself. Are there people that you're jealous of? Are there things that you're jealous of? Are there people's things you are jealous of? Are there people's lives you are coveting? And if there is even an ounce of it, you need to take that to God. You need to repent of these things. Because remember, God is interested in what is going on in our hearts. We could have the perfect... Um, morning routine prayers you know schedules go to church every single week we could dress as modestly as is appropriate but have a heart that is full of coveting and remember god is interested in the inward man he's interested in the part of ourselves that we hide from other people And this commandment is beautiful because it kind of, it shows that God really cares about what is going on in our hearts. My God doesn't want us to pretend. When you're happy for someone, be happy for them. You know what I mean? And also, 
um, just a side note, I wasn't actually planning to say this, but it's just come to my attention. Be aware of people who plant seeds of jealousy and coveting in your life, right? That we just need to be careful about the people that we have around us and the voices that we are giving an ear to. Yeah, let me give you an example um, of coveting and this level of jealousy. In the Bible, we have Cain and Abel. We have Cain being so jealous of his brother that he commits such an unthinkable and despicable act of murder. Ooh. We have Joseph and his brothers. His brothers literally sold him into slavery. They were actually planning to kill him, but because, like, you know, they were just like, nah, this is too extreme. The less extreme, air quotes, thing they did was to sell him into strict slavery, which is just as bad, you know? All because they were jealous of their level or the attention that he was getting. And, you know, there is one example. I mean, we could go through the Bible looking at examples of coveting, but I remember just pondering as to why this was an actual commandment. Like, what is the reason that this is something we are commanded against? And the relationship between Satan and God, our creator, was brought to my attention. The Holy Spirit illuminated that, you know what, this is a thing that started in heaven. This is actually the original sin. Lucifer wanted to be like God. Lucifer was not content in his own image because he was made in his own image. He had his image separate from God, right? But then he looked at God and he looked at his glory and he wanted that for himself. Because whatever he had and the gifts that he was given was not enough. And this is what caused the war in heaven. This is a very deep thing. I, I hope you guys are seeing how deep and dangerous it is. It's driven people to murder. It's driven people to sell their own blood. It caused war in heaven. This is something we really need to keep our hearts um, pure from. In fact, it's, it's one of the tactics that the enemy uses. Coveting has now, in fact, become a business. It's a field. People actually go into it. It's, a, it, it's called marketing, right? Um, if you've ever been in a marketing course, they'll tell you that you need to put things out there that the consu that are, that's going to catch the eye of the consumer because when you catch their eye or their attention, then you can lure them in. And that's the thing. We want to have eyes that are not so easily caught by other people or whatever they have or you know all of these things i think i think we we read that verse um guarding your eyes lost in the previous episode um psalms 119 verses 37 says turn my eyes away from beholding vanity 
we really need to guard our senses from taking all of these things in because they will put women in front of you they will put money in front of you they will put fancy houses and fancy cars or fancy anything that you desire and because your eye beholds it you want it whatever the eye sees the heart wants right and then who's gonna stop you from getting it the word says who will dwell on the holy hill you know our god is such he's a consuming fire only a certain quality of person will be allowed to dwell with him. And those who shut, those are people who shut their eyes from evil and their ears from hearing blood. The violent movies that many believers are watching are in violation of scriptures. And not just movies, the music, videos, TV shows, games, all these other forms of entertainment. Unbelievers do display these wicked things in an attempt to make you crave it, right? To make you desire it. Because then when you look at them, you will want to be like them. When you see it, you will crave it. When you crave it, you want it. The word says by beholding, you become changed. And so these are things we need to be aware of. We really need to have a padlock or some like safety precautions when it comes to the things that we watch and listen to, right? I know, for example, there's this interview I was listening to and um, it was of some guy who he says he, he used to practice witchcraft and then um, he was redeemed from that lifestyle of wickedness and he is preaching against you know that kind of lifestyle and he speaks directly to it and one of the questions that was asked was what do people take for granted thinking that they're safe but they're not you know and he says um you know he sees a lot of like air quotes christians or believers saying that um they don't drink they don't they don't drink but they'll go to clubs and hang out in clubs right and he was saying that you know people don't understand how dangerous it is to even be there firstly okay i'm not gonna go into what he was saying about like the places and all of the rituals and whatever what i'm speaking to is he said that just because you don't physically ingest any of the poison toxins you're in a very toxic environment because what are your eyes looking at for men how are the how are the women dressed there right the dress code is usually revealing clothing so what does that put in your heart and your mind about women what kind of music is playing in those places what is the message behind that music that is playing? And remember, like music, music is a form of work, not a form of worship, but music facilitates worship, right? And so when you're singing songs, you come in agreement with the spirit behind the song. And so what are, what are people agreeing to? They're not drinking. I'm not, I'm not talking about alcohol at this point. But what are you putting in to, 
to your heart via your eyes? What are you putting in to your soul via your ears? But people, people don't think about these things, right? The word says, who is wise among you? Who is understanding? Let them show it by their good life and by the deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. If we are envying each other, then God is not in that place. The Holy Spirit does not reside in that heart. That was found in James chapter 3. For those of you who have read the book of Joshua, I'm sure you're familiar with the story of Achan. And if you're not, just a high-level summary. The Israelites were sent to destroy this city. And they were told to not touch anything. The only thing they took from there was to be used in the temple of the Lord. And they did so, or so they thought. And when they went into the next war or the next battle, they lost it. And the Lord said, there is someone among you who is cursed. And because there's one person who's cursed, everyone is cursed. And um, they obviously did the whole process to find out who it was. And it, came, it became apparent that Achan was the one who took this thing. And it says Achan coveted the accursed thing. And because he coveted something that the Lord has, had said was wicked, he paid with his life. And so I don't need to emphasize that this breaking this commandment leads to death. The price of breaking it is death. Luke chapter 12, and the company said to him, Master, speak to my brother that he may divide his inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not only in the abundance of the things that he possesses. And he said, a parable to them saying a certain rich man brought forth plenty and he said within himself what shall i do because i have no room to bestow my fruit and he said oh okay i'll do this i'll pull down my bonds and build a bigger one and that's where i'll put all my fruits and my goods and i will say to my soul soul you have so many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, You fool, this night your soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself 
and is not rich towards God. This is a nice example because it talks about wealth and accumulating because we're so used to keeping, getting, hoarding, right? And you want more, more, more. But then when you die, who gets that more, 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 <laughs> right? It, it's vanity. It's meaningless. What's the point? And we need to get to this kind of like mindset to understand that money, wealth, and all of these things are meaningless. There is no life in them. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I'm reiterating it because it is such a powerful statement. Think about it. Everything that God has given us reproduces right it grows from itself so if i have an apple i can throw in the seed it gives me an apple tree i can throw it in and have apple trees for like generations right if i have corn i could throw in the seed and it, it's gonna give me corn you know but if i have money i can't put that in the ground and grow a money tree but god puts humans on the earth and humans can reproduce and repopulate all the things that we um, value are things that have no life in them. And I'm saying we as like the world, right? But all the things that have life are things that we're kind of steering away from. How many times are we seeing people just talking about, oh, no, they don't want to have kids. They don't want to do this. I'm, and I'm not saying that like you have to go have kids and whatever. I'm just saying that the lifestyles, that are being promoted out there are are ones that don't support life in wealth is no life your wealth must be found in the word of god seek his kingdom first and everything else that you need will be added to you and that may not be 10 billion dollars right please understand that that may not be like material things but it may be the heart to endure the hardship that you have to face on this side of the world or of heaven rather like i know it always seems like the grass is always greener on the other side but honestly there is so much peace in being content with what you have the spirit says, the more you have, the more you have to lose. 1 Timothy 6 verses 9 to 10. But those who wanted to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of cause of all sorts of evil and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs guys i don't know how much plainer it gets than this there are harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction this is speaking against harmful desires be careful of the things you're coveting. 
you're coveting other people's children, you covet their wives or their spouses, they are going to plunge you into destruction. And it's a pity that we don't listen to the word of God because how many things could we avoid if we just obeyed, honestly? This is the blueprint. It's literally telling us, don't do this because this is the consequence. For the love of money, loving money and making money a priority causes all sorts of evil. What are, what are people doing out there for money? And I'm not talking about honest labor, right? I'm talking about things that people are willing to do just to get money. And what is money? We've already established that there is no life in money. Money can't even give you health. The word says people are piercing themselves. They are hurting themselves. This is not a consequence of um, the devil tormenting you or evil spirits following you. This is something that you can bring upon yourself. It just reveals that people can find themselves in very heavy sorrows because of the value that they place on money. This is really different from persecution. This is something you bring to yourself. And it's so unfortunate because the word, you know, this word is just so amazing because it actually tells us Proverbs 8 verses 28. uh, Sorry, Proverbs 28 verses 20 says a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Just think about the rich young ruler. He was told that the only thing he had to do to enter into the kingdom of heaven was to sell everything that he had and follow Jesus. You know, some of us don't even know the things that we have to do. Some of us are like confused. Some of us know what we need to do. And sometimes we get a little bit confused or overwhelmed or we think maybe we're doing this, but we're doing the wrong thing. He was given the formula for him. And it said he went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. That's where his treasure was. His treasure was in his wealth. And so he couldn't follow Jesus because that's, that wasn't really a priority to him. That wasn't valuable to him. And so... Look at your heart. What is valuable to you? What is a treasure to you? What is the thing that you cannot live without? Do you like attention from other people? Do you get jealous when other people get the attention that you want for yourself? Do you want careers? Do you want houses? Do you want anything? Insert blank, right? Is that more valuable than your relationship with God? What are the things that you cannot live without? What are the things that make you feel a little bit funny inside when you see other people getting? Instead of coveting what other people have, go and fix your own life. Fix yourself. The word says you 
you don't have because you don't ask and you're not getting it when you do ask because you're asking with the wrong heart posture. And at the end of the day, guys, cravings in and of themselves are not wrong. But what are you willing to do to satisfy that urge? I pray that we may come to a point where we start to crave the things of God so fully and so earnestly. And we may crave the fruits of the Spirit. That we may crave the ability to share the gospel. Those are the things we should be craving and desiring. So where is your heart? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with our wicked hearts. Your word said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? These hearts that need surgery, Father, remove this heart that is stubborn, that resists your word every single day and put in a heart of flesh, Father. A heart that is willing to obey you. A heart that does not get jealous a heart that does not desire things that you do not desire for us. And a heart that wants what you want for us. You are our shepherd, Father. We shall not want. We shall not want what other people have. We shall not want what you give to other people. We shall be content with what you have given us in this moment because this is what we need. In your mighty name we pray, Father. Amen.